his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Item 3, letter to Water Authority regarding fluoride in water. Okay, this item is open. Um, we are waiting on a letter uh, from the um, Buffalo Sewer Authority. Um, and before we go into any type of discussion, let's go to Corporation Council um, for a comment as to uh, um, what's, what, it, what, what uh, Mr. McFoy was uh, recommended today. Assistant Corporation Council Karen Gordon. Um, as it relates to this item, it has been brought to the attention of um, the city and of the water board that um, we have been named in a pending lawsuit. Um, at the moment, we have not received service on the lawsuit, but as a result of that, it has been advised that we don't go into any great detail since we don't know what's the nature of the lawsuit and we don't want to increase um, the city's liability. Thank you. That does not mean that it's not open for uh, comments from the public. I know that we have some people here uh, that wanted to speak on it. Uh, it's just that the city has to be exceptionally careful um, when there's impending legal action uh, over what is said in front of uh, uh, prior to uh, the court action taking place. Um, but we have some people that wanted to speak. I think Ms. Gay uh, and Mr. Oh, uh, Mr. Pridgen. Um, Mr. Chair, I, I know and I appreciate uh, Corporation Council advising us. I want to be clear, though, from what I'm told, the council is mentioned in the suit. And so I would ask Corporation Council to go back to the Corporation Council to brief this council in a session, in a closed session, because um, Corporation Council represents this council also. What I don't want and I want to be clear, is to read in the paper anything that's going on with the situation because when our, without us having any information, um, because our constituents are not going to call Corporation Council, they're not going to call the court, they're going to call their council member. And so we're learning this information today, and I think you all are just learning it today too. Um, but this is an important issue, and it needs, it needs at least, we need to know as the sitting governing body or legislative body, information that we hope to get today on the floor. And I don't know what's going on with Mike's today, but um, information. So um, I, I know you can't give us that commitment, but I would ask that you would 
take that back to, to, to the corporation council uh, and schedule, and then we can have an, you know, go in open session and then go into executive session. And I would hope that that's done by, by next Tuesday when we're all back together. Um, even if it has to happen during the council meeting, we go into executive session. This council needs to be brief and we need the knowledge. And we, at this point, we don't have it. Okay, thank you. Um, we do have, let me, before we go in uh, to my colleagues, um, we do have a statement that I have asked to have clocked in for uh, the council for next week. It is from uh, Mr. McFoy as the chair. Um, thank you for the invitation to speak on behalf of Buffalo Water in reference to the Buffalo News article of January 17, 2023. While it was my intention to speak before this honorable body to clarify what has been reported and to answer your questions due to recently filed litigation at the advice of counsel. I am unable to speak on the matter today. Sincerely, uh, Mr. McFoy. We'll um, make sure that this gets clocked in for uh, the, uh, the council meeting. Mr. Rivera. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. Um, as a result of the Buffalo News article from the 17th, um, I had requested Mr. McFoy to come before the Common Council to speak on this matter. Um, to his credit, he has contacted my office um, and he had planned to be here today. However, because of the pending litigation, um, we as council members perhaps have to be very careful because we are party to the litigation at that point. Um, so we're here to listen. Uh, to the general public, the experts in the field of fluoride. And at the very end of this, we just want to make sure that whatever optimal level of fluoride or supplements that people can take in their homes, that they do so if, if it's available to them. As far as the pending litigation, we'll have more information once we go into executive session. But Certainly, we'll be careful as to what we can and can't say here today. But I'm looking forward to listening to experts in the field. I thank those that have made themselves available to come here, uh, explain um, their knowledge of, of what people might be experiencing as a lack of fluoride and how we can supplement that, even if it's out there somewhere. So I'm looking forward to further discussions, both with folks that are here and the administration and the water board uh, to find out what's uh, what's going to happen going forward. Thank you. Um, and I apologize to anybody that's listening to this. We're having some issues with our microphones today. Um, Council Member Ferraletto. Thank you. Um, I certainly understand because of there's the litigation that Mr. McFoy is not here. Um, I did have several questions that I wanted to ask him on the record, which I no longer will be doing that. Uh, it's obviously up to everyone on this body, but I would suggest possibly we come up with a list from council members, send it to him. He could answer those questions, and then whether he has to go to our the city attorneys first before he responds or what, I think there's some basic answers to questions that we should get responses to, and we should be able to share those with the public because there are many valid questions and concerns that came up. And if this litigation lasts years, I don't think people should wait 
years to get some basic answers that yeah. he probably they probably have the answers to today and we're likely ready to answer those but for okay. the lawsuit that was filed in the last day or two okay thank you we've been joined by councilmember wyatt mr wingo you have the floor thank you mr chair i essentially uh was going to say exactly maybe not in those exact words what councilmember ferletto said uh, but do, do, I do have this question. Are the individuals who are suing here today, are the petitioners here? The petitioners are not here. Okay. We don't so, believe so. All right. My, 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 my comment was going to be geared toward the fact that now the public will be literally blinded because of this litigation. And again, I agree and I concur with my colleague that now that this litigation is ongoing, it could be years before the community, uh, before my constituents realize what happened and why it happened. So everyone's left to assume because we can't discuss it at this point. So I believe this probably hurt more than it helped with getting answers for our residents. And I'll end my comments there, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Wyatt? Thank you, Mr. Chair. And I'm sorry I was late to get here regarding this important issue. And I think I said this before, and I don't think I'm saying anything that's something that we can be sued on, is that there should have been full transparency, and it may have been already said. But I have the 2021 annual report, and it talks in here about fluoride. But nowhere in plain vision do you see where it says fluoride is not being included anywhere I mean you look at this you it's just tiny you know I got I need my readers to read it but I think the the biggest issue for me because I don't I mean what do we do going forward I know there's a lawsuit for what happened but what are we doing going forward and I know that we've been told that we'll have fluoride added at some point but again there's no clear deadline and I think I said that during one of our committee meetings that we talk about changing something or fixing something, but never really given a deadline to say, hey, by this date. And I think that's the transparency that we must start having with organizations, especially the Water Authority. I mean, I'm a, a, a member of the Water Authority since I became the finance chair, but when this decision happened, I, I, I wasn't aware to be seen. But I think that going forward, and I said this during one of our one of Water Board meetings, that there has to be more transparency. And I believe that the, everyone was open to that. Um, again, the whole issue with Flint, Michigan and the water problem is something that we never want to experience again. And we want to make sure that we're transparent. I think when Steve Stepniak was last here, um, we had people had questions regarding the quality of water. And he could direct them and say, hey, you can get your water tested. You can contact the city, you can get your water tested. Um, but for this one, this was a shocker. And I know that you know, a lot of people are upset. And matter of fact, I just met with some folks that just asked me the question about the water. And I said, I have no idea. We have no clue. We, we have no idea what the rationale was from it other than what I've read in the newspaper, which was really alarming. And it's, it's almost like, you know, we, it seems as though it's kind of the same type of thing that we make decisions and we don't consult with people who may know more than we do. And that's a shame. We have the School of Dentistry here at UB that I'm certain would have lent their two cents um, if there was an issue with what we've done. But again, you know, I think uh, we have to continue to start moving outside of the silo 
and get people's opinion and not be afraid of what they tell us because it really is trying to do what is the best for the public. It's not what's the best for me. Um, I'm glad that my children have fluoride in their toothpaste and they brush their teeth every day. But there are some children who may not have that and the drinking water is essential for them to have that fluoride treatment. But again, I'm looking forward to getting that, having that executive um, conversation that we can hear some of the details. Um, I'm, I wish someone would have been here to speak to it. I know it's a legal issue, um, but we shouldn't even be in this position right now had we did the right thing up front and had that dialogue beforehand. But again, we seem to shoot ourselves in the foot every time with things like this, that it should not be an issue, especially when we know nationally that water is a big issue. So I look forward to further conversation. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Nolkowski. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I won't be redundant, but I do just want to have one parting statement where I, I certainly understand that litigation towards the city of Buffalo, and I believe Corporation Council, is the Common Council named in this lawsuit as well, or is it just the city in general? The Common Council is also, so as lawmakers, we have to be cognizant that. Sorry, um, Assistant Corp Council Karen Gordon, the city of Buffalo is named. The city of Buffalo is, okay. But as lawmakers, I'm assuming we have to be, we have to move forward with, with being careful. And this lawsuit, to be honest, was not timely, especially when the Common Council was set up today here to hear from uh, the, the sewer authority and, and the water board and, and those that are in charge of this. So I agree with Councilmember Ferraletto who brings up a good point where there's got to be and there's got to be an avenue where a lawsuit can transpire that could take years, but that we could have basis of some information that is pressing to the public to be able to address our some needs and some concerns of our constituents. Uh, so I look forward to having that meeting and, and being able to access that information. Okay, thank you. Um, if there is anybody to speak, uh, we have the microphone on this side uh, here. You can come down. Please state your name, where you reside um, for the record, and you will have three minutes uh, in which to speak. Thank you. Good afternoon, respected and honorable council members. My name is Joshua Hutter, and I'm the president of the 8th District Dental Society. We are one of the 13 dental districts of the United State. We include eight counties of Western New York and represent over 1,000 dentists. Thank you for offering time to discuss this shocking and detrimental discovery, namely that fluoride has been purposely removed from the Buffalo water supply for over seven years. Worse, there is no proper notification or discussion over this unilateral and cavalier decision. There is zero consultation with any dental experts, either locally or nationally. Among children, tooth decay is by far the most common chronic disease. Multiple long-term scientific verified studies have confirmed that drinking fluoridated water keeps teeth strong and reduces decay in both children and adults. It is critical to the oral health of the community that the Buffalo Water Board return to adding fluoride into the city water as soon as possible. In accordance with the Centers for Disease Control Standards for Safety, the American Dental Association supports community water fluoridation for optimal oral health. Multiple research studies have shown that adding fluoride to drinking water has absolutely no effect on the pipes and infrastructure in which the water is delivered. 
whether it was delivered through the old dry system or the new wet system, there was no reason to discontinue adding fluoride to the drinking water. Sadly, the level of fluoride has dropped to more than a five-fold decrease. Studies from the CDC show that discontinuing additional fluoride to the water for this length of time negatively affects oral health. Shockingly, this occurred with no proper notice, nor consultations with any dental experts and public health organizations. The effects of withholding fluoride pose irreversible effects to the health of Buffalo citizens, especially vulnerable children and the ever-increasing geriatric population. Already, our local dentists are seeing that decay has grown in the city. For some of those affected, fluoride in their drinking water is the only form of prevention that can be afforded to them. The Water Department compared Buffalo to Flint, Michigan. However, this comparison is faulty. Lead was introduced into the Flint water sources due to corrosion from the absence of an additive called orthophosphate. So without the additive, pipes will corrode and release lead. Therefore, adding fluoride to drinking water does not cause any corrosion or add the possibility of lead entering the water system. If this haphazard and ill-informed comparison were true, Grand Rapids, Michigan, which has been fluoridating in water for over 75 years, would have experienced corrosion of lead in their water system from fluoridation. It is also important to mention that even the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Murthy, has even stated that water fluoridation is one of the CDC's 10 great public health achievements of the 20th century. This has been a violation of the public trust to allow the citizens of Buffalo to be misled and assume that they are being provided with the health benefits of fluoridated water when they are, in fact, not. On behalf of the 8th District Dental Society, and most importantly, our patients we represent, I respectfully thank you for your time. Okay, thank you. Oh, Mr. Herb, er, okay. Greetings, my name is Pamela Gay. I'm gonna ask you a few questions. First, what do all of these communities in the United States and Canada have in common? Wills Point, Texas, population 3,000. State College, Pennsylvania, 75,000. Eldora, Iowa, 2,700 population. Crawford County, Georgia, 2,700. Forks, Washington, 4,000 people. Upper Allen Township, Pennsylvania, 21,000 people. Total of 247 communities in the U.S. and Canada have rejected fluoride in their municipal water system. I have come as a resident of, a, of Buffalo to bring awareness to this issue. This happens to be a civil rights issue and an issue of compassion. And I'm a nervous wreck right now, but I'm going to do the best I can. What is fluoride? Where does it come from? That's what I look at. I dig deeper. I'm a retired Buffalo school teacher. People think, oh, that must be natural. Natural to put that in our water. Well, I'm going to, and forgive me for reading things to you and not being able to just talk off the cuff here. Okay, so the main fluoride chemical called fluorosicilic acid that is added to water is different than most people would think. It's not a naturally occurring compound. It is a corrosive acid captured in 
the air pollution control devices of the phosphate fertilizer industry. I always knew this, but I had to dig a little deeper to find out that this is a toxic waste. Fluoride is captured in air pollution control devices because fluoride gases are hazardous air pollutants that cause significant environmental harm. This captured fluoride acid is the most contaminated chemical added to public water supplies. In Western Europe, what is the proportion of countries or that area that do not use fluoride? Got to find my answer here. 97% of Western Europe do not drink fluorinated water. There's a book out called The Case Against Fluoride. I'm going to talk about chlorination for a minute. Chlorination is treatment of water. Fluoridation is treatment of people. Chlorine is used to make water safer. It kills bacteria and other vectors that carry disease. Millions of lives have been saved, and we know this. Fluoridation, on the other hand, is never used to make water safe. It simply uses the public water supply to deliver medicine. Once medicine is added to tap water, key controls are lost. It's impossible to control the dose and who gets the medicine. This is forcing medication on people without their informed consent, especially in the case of low-income families and any family that wishes to avoid this medicine. There is a correlation in there in studies that have been done and looked at at Harvard, and I'm going to read just a little blurb on that. I am passionate about this. How many studies have been done that have found a, a cor sorry, correlation between fluoride and lower IQ? 36 studies, for your information. In July of 2012, Harvard University warned that the developing brain may, is another target for fluoride toxicity. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about our community that has many disadvantaged people and low pov and poverty level people that are using water to make baby formula. There's no safe limit to ever put for, uh, fluoride in baby formula. Babies and people with kidney disease, they excrete, they, they, it, it's very difficult to excrete fluoride from kidneys. And babies are just born, and they have so much to get used to. Fluorinated water in their formula is, disadva is disadvan disadvantageous. Um, going back to that, 12 of the studies the Harvard team reviewed found IQ loss at fluoride levels that are deemed safe in the U.S. Okay. You've Can we You've exceeded the three minutes. If you could try to wrap up, please. Okay, I'm going to wrap up with a quote, with one quote. I'll pick the one from um, Andrew Young. I, most, I am most deeply concerned for poor families who have babies. If they cannot afford unfluoridated water for their baby's milk formula, do the babies not count? Of course they do. This is an issue of families, civil rights, and compassion. We must find better ways to prevent cavities, such as helping those most at risk for cavities obtain access to the services of a dentist. Thank you very much for your time and attention. Okay, thank you. Red is, is on. Good afternoon. My name is Samuel A. Herbert. 
And I'm a concerned citizen and a community activist. And I'm an angry individual to find out for the last seven years fluoride was removed from our drinking water. Seven years not seven days or seven weeks or seven months. For seven years, this council, whoever was elected in their seats for the last seven years, you lacked leadership. Which one of you on the council have any scientific or science background. That gentleman who spoke, I support him 1,000% of everything he said. Public mistrust from the leadership of the city of Buffalo from the common council members to Mayor Brown to every administrative head in the water department. The audacity you shaft myself and the public. Fluoride has been something that's been put in our water, I'm 73 years young, since I was in elementary school. It's something that just supposed to be like penicillin when it comes to an infection. Just something that is supposed to be. We go through our daily lives whatever we do, council member, whatever we do, executive, whatever job we do, we go through our daily lives, turning on the water at the house, our children, making sure they go to the dentist, making sure that there's no cavities, because we know fluoride is in our water. So I'm speaking out for every citizen in this city that feels shaft, that lost respect for the leadership of the decision-making individuals in the city of Buffalo when it comes to protecting our health. Fluoride is a preventive mechanism that was developed in a laboratory, in a petri dish. I'm a former research cancer technician. And I know how important it is to have fluoride in our water. And as I said, I'm angry. And don't blame the parents 
They do what we all do naturally, turn the faucet on to give the babies some water, to put it in their infant formula and mix it. Them thinking everything is cool, then we find out week before last, for seven years, the public have lost mistrust in the leadership in the city of Buffalo. And I'm calling you all out because I don't understand how the Common Council don't keep a eye on the health preventive issues that lie in the water department. Heads are supposed to roll. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Okay, thank you, sir. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dr. Brendan Dowd. I'm a trustee at the American Dental Association. I'm a past president of the New York State Dental Association as well as the 8th District Dental Society. I'm also a clinical assistant professor at the University of Buffalo School of Dental Medicine. The local dental community strongly feels the decisions made by the Buffalo Water Authority over the past seven years concerning the addition of fluoride to the drinking water in Buffalo were short-sighted, lacking in scientific basis, and hurtful to the citizens of Buffalo. The overwhelming scientific evidence for the past 75 years, including randomized clinical trials, systematic reviews, and meta-analysis, verifies the positive effect of fluoridated water at the right percentage having beneficial effects to the oral health of the community it serves. Studies have shown when there is no fluoride in drinking water, the devastating results from increased cavities in children and adults, the lost time at school and work, the increased costs, the negative effects on overall health all make these decisions that were recently and in the past made totally unwarranted. Our community needs an explanation, and as a citizen of Buffalo, I have a personal interest in this. With our community in Buffalo having legitimate concerns with equity and inclusion, this stands out. What better way than to equitably distribute an effective and safe process to improve not only the oral health, but the overall health that is inclusive of all of its citizens. We have many poor people living in many areas of this city, and they were unduly harmed by this. What were they thinking? It stretches the mind to rationalize their thought presses on this over the last seven years. Adding fluoride to the water has no, and I repeat, no effect on the pipes that carry water to our citizens. Studies have been shown that multiple times. And we've sent the council uh, some information, some studies that you, at your purview, you can take a look at. There was no need to test this or think about testing this over the past seven and a half years as far as fluoride was concerned. I call on Mayor Brown and his administration to start adding the proper concentration of fluoride to the drinking water of Buffalo today. The people of Buffalo deserve nothing less. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Robinson? Yeah. Arthur Robinson. I'm a community activist. First of all, I'd like to know seven years ago who made the decision to cut this. Second of all, like the gentleman just stated, people are calling me and asking me, is it 
<clears throat> the fluoride up to where it should have been seven years ago. Mr. Chairman, I don't have an answer for that because I don't know if it's been added or not. We need to know these things. You know, people are worried about their kids' teeth and all that. And uh, dental is very important to people. So let's hopefully get this back online where it should be. Thank you. Okay, thank you, sir. Yes, my name is Frank Barnerschuk. I'm the Secretary Treasurer of the New York State Dental Association and uh, Emeritus Clinical Assistant Professor at the Univers University at Buffalo School of Dental Medicine. Mr. Chairman and members of the committee, thank you for allowing me to speak. I wholeheartedly agree with Dr. Hutters and Dr. Dowd's uh, written and verbal statements to you regarding the effectiveness, cost efficiency, and safety of water fluoridation. It is a great tool for reducing the occurrence of dental cavities in all of Buffalo's citizens, including adults, but especially children. My purpose in speaking today is to discuss the role of New York's public health law that covers fluoridation. It is known as Section 1100A. Let's discuss some of the things that it says a city, town, or village must do if it is to continue, discontinue fluoridation in New York. And yes, Buffalo has not temporarily suspended fluoridation. After seven and one half years of not adding fluoride to Buffalo's public water, Buffalo has discontinued fluoridation. 1100A states that before discontinuation of fluoridation, the city must comply with the following. It must issue a notice to the public of its preliminary determination to discontinue fluoridation for comment. This should include the justification for such action, as well as, as, well as concrete alternatives for fluoridation that is available. Additionally, it must include a summary of consultations with health professionals as well as the state health department concerning the proposed discontinuance. The nature of these consultations with appropriate professionals and their names shall be identified in a public notice. Additionally, any public comments received or responses to such shall be addressed by the city. Secondly, the city is expected in writing to notify the state health department 90 days before such intent to discontinue. The submitted plan must include the expected date of discontinuation as well as available or alternatives for fluoridation. When I read the Buffalo News early in the morning two weeks ago today, I nearly jumped out of my very comfortable lounge chair. As a dentist who has taught at the UB School of Dental Medicine since 2001, it was the first time I had heard that Buffalo had discontinued fluoridation. Like all dentists in Western, Western New York, I was in the dark regarding the fact that Buffalo citizens, our patients, had not been receiving fluoride in their water for over seven and a half years. I ask you not as a lawyer, which I am not, but as a layperson regarding the law. Have Buffalo's Water Board and the City of Buffalo met the spirit and intent of Public Health Law 1100A? I think we all know the answer. It is absolutely not. Fluoridation was removed in virtual secrecy and it is time to reinstate fluoridation now. We owe it to the health and welfare of all of our citizens. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. If there's no one else to speak, uh, we will table this item uh, and keep it in front of this committee 
<clears throat> and hopefully once uh, the litigation begins, we will be able to get some answers. Mr. Rivera. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chair. And it's important uh, that we understand why we are here today. It's because this council um, sent a letter to Mr. McFoy asking him three questions on behalf of our constituents, our residents, our children. One was, why was the decision made? Second was, the dissemination of the information, was it adequate enough? And then thirdly, the health impact. We're all concerned about that last portion of it, the health impact. What is the optimal level of fluoride in our water, drinking water to prevent uh, tooth decay? We don't know it because there's nobody here to answer that here today. What should people be concerned about in terms of alternatives and supplements and knowing now that there's no fluoride in the water system? And let me just say for the record, I don't believe there was one council member here that had any information prior to the news article that there was no fluoride in the water system. We found out when that article came out. As a matter of fact, the mayor himself stated in an article in the paper that he wasn't aware. This is the mayor of the city of Buffalo. He wasn't immediately aware that there was no fluoride in the system. And he was quoted in the Buffalo News just recently. This council is taking leadership here. The fact that we are here today listening to professionals on both sides um, is because we're speaking on behalf and we are very upset and I believe when we do have that meeting I think that things are going to be a little heated because we want to know why and certainly we are looking forward to that meeting whether it's an executive session but we're going to reflect the anger and frustration that we're feeling here today when we have that meeting on behalf of the residents thank you okay thank you Motion to table. Motion to table, seconded by Mr. Bowman. And thank you for those that came down to speak. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.